Hello. Hi. How are you? Tired. But ready, ready, ready for my trip. Oh, I bet. I would be. I'm ready for a trip, but I don't have one planned, so... Well, what's fun is, you know, the day we get there, it'll be like 80 degrees. You know what temperature it is when I leave? 40. They they apparently have Michigan weather in Texas, too. Bipolar as hell. Mm. Yeah. That's lovely. Yep. Now, when do you come back? Monday. I'll be back Monday night. Just a little long weekend. It'll be good to get away, though. Yeah. It's always good to get away. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though I haven't really done anything for the past couple of months, but still. Well, you've done all your homework and you're caught up and you're ahead. So stupid I far. I haven't done anything. Well, like the one class I'm doing, the payroll one started on the 7th of March. Um, I'm almost done with my project that's not due until April 28th. So all I have is that in the exam and then I'm done with the entire class. Nice. With 100% in the class nice yep as of right now i have confidence that it'll be at least 100 going into the exam i don't know about how the exam's gonna go you'll ace it i hope so you'll be fine i hope so you'll be fine um i didn't get everything wrapped that i wanted to i did get me a nice little start though how much did roy do (laughs) he held he he held the paper in place on a couple of the bigger ones <laughs> but as i'm going through my stuff i realized i had more for broke best friend because she's so easy to shop for right so i had to get some more ideas for the boys and realize that i can't get too much more right but now aubrey's birthday is done there you go that works so i don't have to shop for her birthday which is amazing to me but you still will so you don't understand you are gonna see something shiny at stars and stones and she's gonna have something else for her birthday i already know how this goes with you um one of her gifts is already from oh my stars and stones I have something similar and I can't show it because I know sometimes, you know, the kids watch. So I can't, but it's what's hilarious because I wanted to know like a higher price range gift that each of them would like. Yeah. I shouldn't even say this. Accomplished. Even without even with before they even ask so (laughs) even better yeah so that was good so i i know i got good shit oh they're gonna love no matter what you get them anyways yeah they're 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 good kids they're not greedy and i mean they like things don't get me wrong right but they're not like the oh you got me that yeah no and it's so funny because the oldest one what 11-year-old do you know that wants clothes? Not very many. No, not very many. But, yeah. Yeah, so. And I, so today, we're going in. We're, we're 
doing a quick one today. Um, but we figured like after the last one being so bad and we're going to do a little haunting stuff today. I'm in. Um, Some of that might be a little uh, too. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, the, now the the one I've got, it's gonna be the last one I read is is legend. It's all supposed. So okay. So that one might be a well. I mean, so the legend is sad, but right. Being going in knowing that it's just you know. A story right that, yeah so do you want to go first uh sure so i know this is you know not a history podcast but of course i've got to give a backstory with you know the stuff that i found yep so i can't just be like oh it this 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 done no can't do that that ain't me yep so all mine, all mine have a little history too so yep so the book i Pulled from is called Haunted Flint by Roxanne Rhodes and Joe Sh- Shapani. That's what we're going with. Okay. Sounds brilliant. We're going with it. All right. I like it. Um, so you should have done it with this. The, mm, <laughs> um, <coughs> so there's this beautiful colonial house well yeah georgian colonial house that i've seen growing up for years it's over by the michigan school for the deaf so really not far from where we work just the opposite way yep um and it was built by atherton right no no the towards downtown down by uh like towards kettering and stuff okay okay so like when you go to the rock and you go left to get on 69 you would keep going and uh, take a right where the sign says Michigan School for the Deaf, and it's down there, right almost to the corner up on a hill. Okay, so yeah, that's not very far from where Broke Best Friend's other grandma lives. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's over off of um, Court Street. Okay. It's like at Court and Miller, I would believe. Okay. That's what we're going with. Don't quote me. So not far <laughs> from Starlight. Yeah, it's far from Starlight because oh, Star- Starlight's over here by me. That's Court and Center. Court Street okay. goes all the way through downtown. All See, the way you can you can tell I don't really know Flint very well. I get to oh, work. You get to talking about Saginaw and I'm lost. So <laughs> I've been running these roads for years. <laughs> um, but the house was built in 1916 by um, one of the mayors of Flint, uh, George Keller. Um, he... He owned it and he was mayor for or he was mayor for a term in 1917 then um charles stewart mott became mayor and then he served another term okay but is that, is that who mott college is named after yep i yep. don't mean to keep interrupting no, you're you, good but... you're good no yeah you're good but yep that's uh because he did a lot of stuff um in the city like with different foundations for kids his wife did some stuff um they've they were a real like they laid a lot of groundwork in flint okay for a lot of you know really good things to happen um throughout the late 20th century the house was bought and sold many times many times over um 
who was the guy's name? Hold on. It was Samuel A. Ragnan. He bought the house and he said that um it, he really enjoyed like the eeriness of the house. Um he 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 thought it was something like spooky about it, which made his Halloween parties great. Mm. To throw some, you know, really good Halloween parties. Um uh, one time he said things just got a bit too much even for him there was doors slamming strange noises he reported that one night the noises became so loud the police were called but nothing and no one was ever found the haunts are thought to be tied to um, a grisly murder that occurred on the site and to the home's close ties to another murder both murders involved women who were killed by their sons so there's really excuse me not too much in in the way of hauntings that it tells other than like the noises and stuff but what i found interesting was the two grizzly murders that were tied to the house um back in 1933 uh grace mcdonald was bludgeoned to death by her 17 year old son belf in her upstairs bedroom um her uh, son i guess was a troubled boy he ran with an unsavory crowd and was rumored to be a sadist mm. um yeah fun right yeah him and his mom never never really got along she couldn't control him and at one point she requested that he be locked up and she, and he spent two days in jail under the name of john smith oh. you know <laughs> um neighbors said that they heard the mother and son fighting all the time um, he once chased her out of the house with a pistol. Then Lovely. days before the murder, she had an officer stop by to talk to him about his behavior, and she thought it might scare him straight. Instead, it seems to have made things worse. Um, and he murdered his mother. Um, it said that the court dismissed his insanity plea and his claims of being demonically possessed. He was charged with manslaughter and sentenced to 10 to 15 years in prison. He only received only served six and was released on in January of 1940 at the age of 23. So that happened in 33 and the house remained vacant until 1979. Um, Helen Worsing, she went, she had just bought in the house um, and, but she never had a chance to live there. Um, on September 19th, 1979, she went missing. Her youngest child, 23-year-old Mark, was immediately a suspect. The young man had mental issues and had been recently spent two months in Ypsilanti State Hospital after shooting his brother. The boy had assaulted his mother several times in the past, but she never wanted to press charges. However, did she did make it known to those close to her that if anything ever happened to her, Mark was probably to blame. Her body was not found for six months. In April of 1980, Mark confessed to his sister that he had killed their mother and buried her near their summer cottage in Holly, which is about 25 minutes south of here, 25, 30 minutes south, depending on traffic, and if you take the freeway or not. So, I mean, it just all depends. Um, The location he provided was vague. It took days to locate it. Army reservists, Boy Scouts, that tells you how old that is, Boy Scouts went out looking for the body. Yeah, they used to do that back in the day. You yeah. know, our children from the get-go. 
Um, yeah. One of the stories I covered was they had Boy Scouts. Yep, I remember. I'm like, I don't. Mm-mm. No, that's mm-mm. wrong. That's wrong. I mean, if I had a boy in the Boy Scouts and they were asked to go look for dead body, I'd probably be right there with them. Right. I'll oh. chaperone that one. Yes, I will chaperone. Um, and it said, uh, even though he admitted to shooting his mother, he was found not guilty by reason of insanity. So just the fact that these two murders are tied to that house, like the author question, you know, is there something dark in that house? Because there was also rumored that because she never lived there, that a couple of her children were living there up until then, one of them being Mark. So it's like, is there maybe a something dark there, you know, that's not really possessing, but influencing yeah that that you know interesting yeah that's so that's why i'm like there's not a whole lot of hauntings but the stories behind the noises and stuff like i got goosebumps right now yeah that's really interesting yeah and it's like just looking at the house it definitely has an eerie presence but it's gorgeous at the same time like hold on this book has pictures i love books with pictures this one don't this one don't yeah. Oh, this one didn't have a picture of that house. It's the next one that I'm doing that has a picture of. Okay. But I'll find a picture and I'll post it. Yeah, the the book I got mine from ignore the the receipt bookmarks. Oh, okay. Um, Cuz we both got these at the same time, right? Did we? I thought no, you got the lighthouse one I thought. I got this one and the lighthouse then yes. one. Yeah. Then yes, because yeah. that's I got because the lighthouse one. I've even got the Dead time yep. story sticker yep. because it's, auto- got it. it's autographed by the author Ooh. who is John Robinson. So okay. easy name. Yeah, definitely. So the first story I have, um, I wrote stuff and then I'm going to read stuff because okay. it's a lazy kind of day. Yeah, um, I'm really all about the reading of stuff today. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the first one I have is the Dice Road Cemetery. Okay. Um, and that is located in Saginaw County's Richfield Township. Um, funny story behind that one. Um, I know a, a lot of people like in the group and that listen, um, we all kind of found each other through the same Patreon group for Steve Shippey. Okay. And he had done, actually, he's done multiple um, documentaries on the location. Actually, the newest one is on Discovery Plus. I haven't watched it yet, but. Oh, it is so good. Well, I follow him on Facebook. So I see, you know, whenever he posts about stuff and I'm like, I just haven't done it yet. Because whenever I think about it, it's nighttime and hmm, not doing all that to myself. Yeah. Now, I was lucky enough. um, I watched it the day it was released. Um, it actually streamed early on Discovery Plus, and I got my little phone, and I got one grandson on one side and the other one on the other, and we watched it together. And they just oh, thought that awesome. was they just thought that was badass. They the middle, they all like his stuff, but <laughs> the middle one, man, that yes. boy is his biggest fan. Is his biggest fan. I'm I, like I hear his name every time I go over there. Uh, yeah it's crazy so 
the first one he released for Dice Road. Uh, I, I think they're still on Amazon. Some of them are, yes. Yep, because I've pulled them up before, and I have them on my list to watch later. <laughs> yeah, um, but the first one he did, which is actually the one that was just released on Discovery Plus, is kind of like a continuation of that. And oh, it's okay. also, I believe, he's got a series on Travel Channel that shows on Discovery Plus. And I'm not trying to plug him in any way, shape, no, or form. No, I know. You're good. You're good. But um, he's got a series, uh, Haunted in the Heartland, and I believe yep. that was the first episode. Okay. Was the same thing. So anyway, the night of the premiere because he does a premiere at a theater here. Um, there was me, Judy, my daughter, um, and two of my husband's cousins that actually used to hang around with Steve when they were all younger. Mm -hmm. We decided, well, there's four of us. We're brave bitches. So we, I think I had my blazer at the time. So it's, it's been some years. Um, we jumped in the blazer and drove out to the Dice Road Cemetery thinking, you know, we'll get in there. No. Yeah. I think because of the, the documentary they had yeah. uh, police at the entrance. So you, you could not get in. So it was a lost cause. So anywho, the, because it's like I grew up hearing about the Dice Road Cemetery and being haunted and mm -hmm. and yeah so um it's Richfield Township which is like Merrill okay where my husband was living when we met ah. um so the apparition of Anna Rhodes Millerton has been seen seen since she committed suicide in 1830 Anna is said to wander the woods in the area, unaware that she's dead, waiting for her lover to return. Oof. Anna has been described as translucent with a light blue slash pinkish color. Okay. Others say they have seen her wearing white because what's a haunting? Without a lady in white. Absolutely. Or red. Or black. I those yeah, there's some, but it's yeah. mostly white for sure. And then mostly white, and then red. I think is a very close second. Yeah, but there's always a woman wearing some sort of color something. that's predominantly a plain color for the time period. Yeah, common, common color. There we go. Uh, but yeah, common. That works. Um, okay, so Anna and her family originated from Italy. Her family was pretty troubled. Her father attempted to kill the entire family oh, fun. by setting the house on fire father of the year yes and a five-year-old anna was the only one to survive Oof. <clears throat> so aunt anna and her aunt settled in saginaw which that's such a i don't know but at the time saginaw was like a big booming lumber mm -hmm. industry and Definitely lumber yes um, she soon became best friends with, and this is the words of the book, not mine, an Indian boy named Dark Hawk. 
As she matured, Anna became infatuated with a local, Jonathan Millerton, much to the dismay of Darkhawk. I'm, I'm switching to the book. <laughs> um, so apparently Darkhawk believed him and Anna were supposed to be married. Um, and he kind of lashed out in anger because she was spending all of her free time with Millerton. And Millerton worked in the lumber business because of the expanding lumber trade. Yeah. And then, again, this is words of the book, not mine. More and more Caucasians came to the area pushing the Indians out. Valid statement, though. Um, On top of that, some of the crueler settlers attempted to displace more tribe members. um, Being brutal with the women. Mm, okay um an attempt to reconcile with the whites with the indian tribe anna walked through the woods to the tribe but once they were there she discovered like carnage left by the lumbermen uh so later like she's the old age of 17 when her and jonathan mary yeah um they married when she was 17 it doesn't say how old he was or anything like that probably like 40 it's usually how it went back then yeah um soon he was shipped out into the great lakes to sail for the lumber trade uh uh and Dark Horse took this opportunity to take revenge. And he repeatedly sexually assaulted Anna because, you know, her husband's not around. Yeah. Um, if you want it, you take it. Yep. This, along with the dreams based on her family's death and witnessing the brutality caused, she, she was friends with people in the tribe so you know that was horrible for her to witness the brutality that they dealt with i mean that's like Um, her that's like her family because she lost family you know right so this became too much to bear and she committed suicide now this is not a legend this this was researched and put on a put in a rational order by the Michigan Historical Research Foundation for Paranormal Activity. Okay. Um, And with the help of her own journal, um, all the findings in the the acronym is MHRFPA have done over the years. Anna's spirit is the oldest known ghost that still haunts a part of Michigan. Oh, wow. It also says this is an extremely abbreviated version of Anna's story. You can read more about it in detail at reviewsmag.com. Might have to do that. And if anyone's wondering or, you know, wants to maybe go take a look, see, first of all, let me know. For real. I'll chaperone that too. (laughs) Um, The cemetery is located on obviously Dice Road, between Hemlock and Fen Road. Okay. Which, from where I'm at, that's like a half an hour away. Oh, that's not bad at all. No. 
So, and I have, like, I have heard a lot of the story about this poor woman, and that is a very detailed or abbreviated because <clears throat> there's a lot more detail to the story. I'm interested in the rest of that. Yeah. And it sounded familiar, and I'm wondering if I did actually start watching the Dice Road thing. Because <laughs> um, it sound a little bit familiar. Yeah, he doesn't, they don't really do the cemetery okay. in it. Um, so I, it's been a while since I've watched um, okay. that particular one. But I don't play right tomorrow. Maybe I'll watch it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's good. It's good. You'll like it. You'll like it. Oh, I'm sure. Because what was that last one? Not the recent, most recent one. The other one that he did uh, that was the on Discovery. Ghosts of Flight for. Nope. There was one where he was doing it, looking like at a house or something. That's the Hell House. Yes, Hell House. Yeah, that's the Dice Road one. Okay. I'll say it wasn't like the most recent. It was like last year or something, I think, when the first one he had on Discovery. Um, first one on Discovery probably would have been The Haunted in the Heartland. And, and I do believe that was the first episode. Okay. <clears throat> okay. I don't know. It's It's been a while. Yeah. Like I said, I can't watch that stuff at night. It's something about yeah. normal. I can... I can leave the ID channel on all night while I sleep and you know, there's people being slaughtered and all this stuff, but you talk about ghosts. Nope. I yeah. can't I have to watch Disney before I go to bed. It's a problem. Yeah. Now if Roy and I are watching something together, I'm golden. I'm golden, but by myself, fuck that. No, nope, because every noise in the house, I'll hear it. Mm -hmm. Everything. Yeah. I will make up sounds just to hear them. <laughs> like okay. was that a noise no but now my brain thinks it was so guess what yep good yep. luck for yep i'm the same i i have to uh definitely watch with somebody else or like you i can't remember when we were little and we would watch like scary movies yeah nope um if it was like a couple hours before bed my mom would turn on a comedy or something yeah so, so your mind doesn't you know yeah like i watched uh when 13 ghosts first came out watched that at my friend's house at night and in her bedroom she didn't have a light she just had you know like a lamp by the mm -hmm. door got real dark in there and that's what she, fucking the jackal the one with the cage on its head yep. freaked me out so bad that bitch would laugh like it. <clears throat> yeah. We used to scare Judy by doing the grudge noise. Uh, I don't like that movie either. I'll watch it, but I don't like it. Now, m my son, growing up, I think the only cartoon he ever watched was The Iron Giant, but he was definitely more into... The Grudge, The Ring, Jeepers Creepers. Nope. Oh, yeah. I got a Jeepers Creepers story for you. <laughs> um, I I think the first movie that ever actually made it so he didn't go to bed right away was Insidious. Oh, nope. I could see that. Yep, we watched that. He went to get up to go to bed. A couple minutes later, he comes out and he's just talking to us. And I'm like, wait a minute, that movie scared you. He's never, like, yeah, he likes scary movies. 
No. Mm-mm. My mom doesn't like scary movies either. Um, no. I do, but I don't watch them as much as I used to. Like, I like scary movies, but I don't like gory. Right. Like, I hate um, the Saw movies. Okay, I can do Saw, but I can't do the Hostile movies. Okay, I've seen those. <laughs> I, I, I can't do it. I cannot do it. You know, I, I've never watched the remake. I was not at all impressed with the first one. I can't watch The Shining. Okay, here's my Shining story. I used to watch that growing up all the time. And it was nothing. But I watched it. It was well after me and Roy got married. And I understood it. Mm-hmm. So that's when it scared me. When I understood what it was about. But as a kid, it didn't bother me. But yeah. See, as a kid, I didn't like it, but I haven't watched it as an adult. Like it came on around Halloween because we'd usually leave the TV on all night. And I woke up to red rum. I'm like, nope, get off. Uh-uh. Done. Nope. It was definitely when I got older and understood what everything meant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't watch it now. I feel like I need to watch it now and I don't want to. Now, Jeepers Creepers. So you know how, like, in the movie, it's, like, cornfields everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was in high school, played volleyball. We were at an away game out in Columbiaville, and our bus broke down amidst cornfields right after this movie came out. Oh, fuck And we that. were talking about it. I climbed on, like as far down as I could when I could actually fit between seats and I reached under and grabbed my friend's leg. Oh my God. I thought she was going to die. Oh, that just makes you a bitch. <laughs> no, where have you been? Where have you been? No, this is not new news to you. No, ma'am. Mm-mm. You know me. I don't, I don't like being scared. I don't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you would have peed yourself. I could be looking right at you and go boo and you jump. She's not lying. She's really not. I've watched my favorite team leader I've watched him walk towards me no big deal but the second he starts talking I I jumped that happened when the shop was upstairs yeah in my defense I was in the beginning stages of a panic attack fair so yeah that's fair all right. So next story is about the Whaley House. Not to be confused with the Whaley House in San Diego. Um, so Robert Whaley, is, um, he was the president of Citizens Bank for over 40 years in the Flint area. He actually loaned Billy Durant $2,000 to start his road cart company. Billy Durant was like, he did the carriages and stuff and it all ended up turning into General Motors. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, there's a, a lot of history about GM in here too because there's um, some hauntings of Buick City, which now uh, Lear Corporation is on the property there. Yeah. Because yeah, Buick City was where the sit down was, right? The sit down strike. I believe Buick City, yeah. yeah. I, I, I believe so. I believe it was, um, but Fisher body was it at Fisher? Oh, it was during they no, had I, going on too. I took that fucking class. You would think. So did I. 
Oh, here, hold on. We're just gonna gonna go ahead and look real quick because I have it right here because I was reading that one was gonna do it and then I'm like, eh, no. Oh, I forgot that there was a. Oh, I should have did that one. There's a there was an amusement park in Flint back in the day, and there's hauntings over there. Mm. People died. Sonic Temple, Durant, Flint River. I love being prepared. Now, while you're looking, I do know that the show Dead Files have been to Flint a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Yep, I watched. Yeah. What the hell page is it on? And they were in St. Charles, which is over by like Chesting, Merrill. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. They were there. <clears throat> okay. Uh, Buick City. In 1903, David Dunbar Buick founded the Buick Motor Company. The following year, William Durant invested in Buick. Um, Durant raised tons of thousands of dollars to build a huge Buick industrial complex on Flint's north side. Da -da -da. Working work conditions in the factories were extremely dangerous for factory workers before the first the Flint sit down strike for 44 days from December 30th of 36 to February 11th, 37. The workers fought the GM Corporation in a struggle. Um, Flint sit down strike is considered to be one of the biggest economic events of the 20th century for blue collar workers. Yes, I already knew that. Before the union improved working conditions, hundreds of people died in the factories from heat stroke, machine failure, and manufacturing accidents. Yeah, it doesn't say on here exactly. I thought it was Fisher Body. It probably was Fisher Body, but I just know they were all shit around here before then. Yeah. I was thinking. Um, but yeah, and then there was murder, like, work or uh, co-worker and co-worker murder, all kinds of stuff there. Yeah. Um, but Whaley House was I don't know how to talk <laughs> so Robert Whaley and his wife Mary McFarlane Whaley moved into their home in 1885 the Whaley family consisted of Robert Mary their adopted daughter Florence and Robert's half-sister, Laura. Um, doesn't say that they have a son. What are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> Don't judge me. Um, he, uh, after Robert Whaley died in 1920-22, his wife donated the land to Flint that became the city's first park, McFarland Park, um, in honor of her father. The Whaley son, Donald, died at the age of 10 from diphtheria. To help Mary overcome her grief, Robert encouraged her to memorialize their son. They set aside land and funds for the Whaley Children's Foundation to provide care for homeless and neglected children. The foundation still exists today and operates as Whaley's Children's Center. Um, Mary passed away in 1925. Through her will, she also created the McFarland Home for Women, directing that her estate take the residence on Kersley Street and convert it to a home for elderly women and be named in the honor of her parents, which Aww. I thought was really cool. 
Yeah. Um, that gave me chills. I know, me too. <laughs> but like, like I, the Whaley's did a lot around here too. Like that's why there's so much. Like you can tell just like by the founding of the city, just by the names of other stuff around here. Like you got the Whaley Children's Center. Like they said, McFarland Park, which. Now, isn't McFarland well, Park where some of the like the Union I think so. statues or some shit? I think so. Something. Some memor- memorials or yeah. Um, in the mid-70s, seven community organizations joined together to create the Whaley Historic Association. They um majorly renovated the home so it went back to the Victorian era charm that it had. Um so it would look much like it did when the Whaley's lived there. It says um, levitating tarps, moving toys, ringing bells, curtains blowing with no wind and shadowy figures fill this haunted mansion. In the basement, you may feel an unearthly chill and a sense of being watched. Throughout the old Victorian, many visitors have reported feeling a strong female presence along with a sensation of being unable to catch their breath. Hey, you know how that feels. I do. I did that out in Columbiaville. <laughs> yeah, that was, ooh, you know, yeah. every time I think about that, like that's, there was other stuff that happened, but that's like my big takeaway from it was being down in that basement and not being able to breathe. I felt a hand around my wrist in the one room, but he's like, there's never been any activity in here or anyone saying of anything. I'm like, well, there's something holding my wrist. Yeah. Like I can feel it, but I'm like, okay, we're just going to leave it as nothing then because then I'll sleep better tonight. Right. <laughs> Um, it says throughout the years, many Whaley staff and volunteers have had odd experiences in the house, seeing shadows out of the corner of their eyes, rustling noises, even though no one else is around, and an odd sound of bells ringing. Former director was alone in the basement one day when a woman screamed right behind him. Ooh. Terror propelled him up the stairs without ever turning around to see what it was. Uh, I'd ran to, knees to chest, all the way up the stairs. And that's the only time you'll catch me running. Um, the current director has heard footsteps on the second floor, though he knew he was alone in the building. Several times he stopped what he was working on to investigate, but not another living soul was found. Um, some claim that the children's room is a hotbed for activity. Curtains move even though there's no air current. Toys roll into the hallway and a rocking chair rocks as if an unseen child is moving it. Um... So in 2014, the director of the Whaley House decided to embrace the Halloween season and offer a month of haunted history to the community. The month included a lecture, Why Does the 19th Century Seem So Creepy?, as well as a 19th century seance, several historical tours, and a sold-out ghost hunt. That would have been awesome. Right. That would have been so cool, and I bet it was sold out. Um, And actually, Motor City Ghost Hunters, have you heard of them? No. I've heard of them in a couple things before, like when I'm watching the paranormal stuff. But um, yeah, Motor City Ghost Hunters caught EVP in several rooms of the house and recorded strong EMF readings in the basement. They concluded that several members of the Whaley family still reside within the house, but not to worry. They're friendly and they don't plan to harm anyone. That's good to know. Yeah. Um. So those are all I have for the hauntings. Um, I know back in 2015, a fire broke out on the roof when... um. A contractor was welding a copper gutter and it took out the um took out the roof the third floor storage space two bedrooms on the second floor the music room 
in the main stairwell sustained extensive damage from fire, smoke, and water, resulting in historic items lost. Oh. But with it, it took them two years, but they have gotten more of the um, era-centered, you know, furniture. They actually got the um, type of wallpaper from the era because you know how things are coming back and stuff. Yeah, like definitely. the thicker, um, uh, like embossed type yep. uh, wallpaper. They were able to do that, and he's. They said that it looks just like it used, like it would have back then. Okay. Um, there's actually some pictures. I'll put. I can take pictures of them later, but okay. Beautiful, gorgeous. But yeah, um, now they're just like they open around Christmas and stuff for uh, like um, like you can do the holidays and see how they would have lived around Christmas time back in that day at the Whaley House and stuff like that. That'd be interesting. Cool. Yeah. They do like Victorian tea days and stuff like that. We should do that someday. That'd be kind of fun. We really should. We'll plan this. Yes. Maybe cancel Saturdays. I yeah. I I, I don't complain about those. I I do on payday. Yeah. Not gonna lie. I I complain about the cancel Saturdays on payday. I get it. But I like the Saturday. Well, yeah. Yeah. Having only one day off. Yeah. One day sucks. Yeah. Okay, so my next one, and I this is probably a pretty famous one in Michigan, is CARO, the CARO Psychiatric Center. Mm-hmm. My friend actually uh, yeah, used to work there. Really? Well, she works at the CARO Center, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I know a couple people, and I know one of, when I worked at a group home, one of our residents got shipped there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and... Yeah, that's a whole other thing, but mm-hmm. it's also HIPAA violation. If I get yep. into too much about this motherfucker, yep, asshole. <laughs> okay, so the Carroll State Hospital was established in 1914 as a colony for epileptics, mm-hmm. and so. But as new treatments were developed, the it made it kind of an obsolete; was no longer needed. So that it was turned into the psychiatric hospital. Um, the creepy happenings began to hit the local grapevines, which continues to circulate to those who have been in or and near the area. Um, and th- this isn't too long. Um, there are stories of a patient who escapes and they head into the woods, but they're never found. Um, these escapes seem to trigger weird occurrences such as murdered neighborhood belongings being stolen and or disappearing in strange visions uh, seen throughout the woodsy area Um, one tale in particular says an escapee did in a neighbor with a hammer how fun yeah Inside the old hospital are the usual happenings, creaks, groans, slams, whispering, disembodied footsteps, disembodied voices, footsteps, and more. Um, As of 2018, the hospital has been operating for over 100 years and is the second largest employer in Tuscola County. See, these are are nice because they're, they're, I mean, like I was telling you, like, it's big font and 
you know, it's, they're really like double and triple space. So <laughs> it's quick reading. Hey, that makes it nice. Yeah, definitely makes it nice. That's all I got for that one. It was super quick. Yeah. It, do, it doesn't go into a lot of detail, but the, it, that that's another place I'd like to go. But I imagine, you know, you, know, you just can't just walk in and woohoo, because there's patients there. Yeah, I was saying, it's <laughs> still. That's like, um, there was one, I can never, it was out in Lapeer. I can never remember the name of it until I'm not thinking about it. Yeah. But I mean, it was one of those... We actually had one in Flint too, but it was like one of the self-sufficient where it had like nine buildings, they had their own garden, yeah. like everything, which we did. That was one of the ones I was looking at for Flint too, because that's where um one of the Flint schools was built on was their property. And the oh, it's the Oak Grove Sanitarium in Flint. And um they built Flint Central High School and uh the Flint Cultural Center on their property okay um so my last one is the Katzman house um it was built on the site of a native american trading post where it was said that good fortune was spread with every sale um after the land was purchased the lot was then home to a couple of small shack style houses they were used by fur traders as hunting cabins and then the turn of the 20th century the land was developed as an upscale neighborhood for Flint's Jewish Jewish community. Okay. Um, in 1919, the owner of Katzman Coal Company, Philip Katzman, built the house that currently stands on the property, and they lived in the house for almost two decades, but was caught up in scandal after scandal in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Their son, Samuel Katzman, was indicted in 1962 for defrauding the city by obtaining money, money under false pretenses, when the city went looking for a new water source. And that's when the problem started with Flint's water. Okay. Yeah, there's a whole lot of history backing that inside this book about like, because um, it said, the plans were laid for the city to build a pipeline from Lake Huron to Flint. The indictment caused so much negative attention that the city decided to just buy their water from Detroit which later led to the 21st century water scandal that Flynn is known for. Yeah. This has been going on for years. Just left under the rug. Mm -hmm. usual. Um, so gorgeous house. Again, like gorgeous house. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Um, so... After the Katzman moved out, the house was sold to a couple times, once to an eye doctor um, who used it as a home office. And then the home was then sold to Mr. and Mrs. Hayes in 1949, and they lived there until their deaths. Um, Mrs. Hayes outlived her husband by several decades. Uh, she was the first female principal of Beecher School. And then after her husband passed, uh, she used the large house as her advantage and um, used it for boarding teachers that were new to the area and stuff oh um, yep exactly uh allowed teachers to board there at a low rate so they were able to afford you know um they to get jobs due to the low cost of living she also let her brother be a boarder after he returned from crime ridden chicago 
so it's been crime ridden, crime ridden for a while. Um, rumors swirled that he was a member of the Purple Gang as well. Ooh, okay. Yeah, fun. And that he had trouble with the law and was placed on probation. She allowed him to live there during said probation. In 1979, she died of old age in the front room of the home that she loved so much. And then um, the current owner, Pam, she had loved that house for years. And then after Miss Hayes passed away, she per- she jumped at the chance to buy it when it uh, went on the market in 1980. She's been the owner ever since and plans to live there till she dies. Okay. But she says that many strange things have happened. And a medium once told her that a Native American known as the Keeper had a trading post on the site where the house sits today and that he opened a portal to another world. Like, that's fun. Um, So here are the the hauntings, the ghosts. I mean, pretty much just tells about them and what they do. More so than, like, people being grabbed type stuff. Yeah. Um, It says, in the basement, there's a man named Hank. He seems to have taken residence in the tool room. Uh, Hank and the owner seem to have an understanding. She puts a small holiday display down there for him to enjoy every holiday season and always asks for his permission before taking any tools out of the room. Hank seems to be okay with men coming into the tool room, but he is not okay with women, except for the owner of the home. He has locked a few women in the tool room, and the owner claims that if Hank likes you, he can be a big help. Whenever she plans to work on a project or whatever, um, he'll pull out the tools that she needs and puts them on a workbench. So she, yeah, so she had to go looking for him. Um, definitely don't leave your stuff. Don't leave your stuff in the tool room. If he doesn't like you, he'll throw it out of the room. Huh. Like, oh, that's fun. So just so he, he, he's an adult sour patch because he's nice and he's an asshole. Yep, <laughs> he's a Hank. <laughs> um the on the main floor of the house the presence of the former owner mr hayes has made many appearances um often he's seen in the dining room just tipping his hat i'm like well that's that's sweet um his presence can often be felt by a touch on the shoulder while having dinner at the home joe the co-author of this book was sitting in the chair where mr hayes often appears towards the end of dinner joe felt a cold hand placed on his shoulder oh like how fun (laughs) Um, in the entryway of a, in the in the entryway of the home, a spirit that goes by the name of Jimmy can be found. For the most part, he hangs out in the coat closet. But on occasion, I know, of all places, on occasion he'll open and close doors. And this happens frequently enough that the owner has put bells on her front door to keep her from running to the door to make sure someone hasn't come in. Good idea. So like witch bells, essentially. <laughs> Yeah, um, I was like, I got those next to my bedroom door. Uh, the second I got mine by home, my kitchen door. Do you, are they in your kitchen door? They don't remember. Don't even um, they're next to my dryer. They're in the pantry, just before you walk in the kitchen. And every oh, day okay. when I'm, got, I got my backpack over my shoulder coming in, I knock them. <laughs> I don't mean to, but I've done that a few times. Um, the second floor of the home has many haunting tales. While the homeowner was away on vacation, her handyman was redoing the bathroom, and he was working on the plumbing when he heard the front door open and close, followed by footsteps coming up the stairs. He waited to see who was coming, thinking maybe someone else lived there too. Um, 
or you know someone who kept an office upstairs after a few minutes when no one appeared he got up to look and there was no one there that happened multiple times to him um yeah ethel hayes passed away in the front room which is now the owner's office ethel can be seen in that room on occasion but mostly appears on the second floor um one of the owner's friends who keeps an office up there um she heard ethel ask her what she was working on and then she proceeded to give her advice i'm like well look at you being all nice and helpful (laughs) and then um ethel is also great with children a friend of the owner who used to live in the home had her five-year-old granddaughter stay the night the child said that there was a lady who tucked her in and read to her at night and when asked how she felt about the woman the child responded with the lady was her friend but that she was afraid of her well i'd be afraid of a ghost too but um other children who have stayed the night in the home made the same exact claim that that there's a old lady that puts them to bed and stuff i'm like well that's kind of cute kind of creepy i aspire to be that way (laughs) and then um the last one uh the third floor is home to three elderly women who are picky about how the space is cleaned one time while the owner's partner was cleaning she heard a voice tell her you're not doing that right and get out of my room you don't know how to clean so my mom's ghost is there (laughs) (laughs) i'm telling you my grandma too apparently um and there's uh also a new spirit that took up residence on the third floor it's a young boy the three older ladies you know seem to have taken him in and he likes to get into things uh the third floor is where she keeps her craft space and while they were up there doing crafts or they went up there and a bag of feathers were strewn all over the floor so they picked him up put him away did their crafts went downstairs for a minute came back up all over the floor again i'm like oh you're a little shit <laughs> ghost whoop his ass yep <laughs> but that was it for that one that would be a, a, a neat one to go to right and that was where what street was that on again because it is oh they actually they didn't put that oh probably because someone lives there so that's why they didn't put the actual address but i can find it okay all i gotta do is google it <laughs> i would go that that i would definitely go there okay so my last one is the trestle bridge ghosts of adrian okay and basically this is the legend that supposedly took place in the 1800s um this one's pretty easy i don't even know if i need the book that much (laughs) um it was a farmer his wife and their baby okay and the barn catches fire Mm -hmm. So the farmer goes out to try to put out the flames. And this is the part that makes zero fucking sense to me, which, who am I? Um, The wife, excuse me, while carrying the baby, runs towards the railroad tracks to try to flag down a train to help. First of all, everybody knows, like if today's trains can't, stop immediately in the 1800s they couldn't either they went a lot slower back then too though being coal driven and stuff maybe i don't know well, i don't summer, know still doesn't make sense well, 
Agreed, but there's still like some places in Alaska where like the train will drop you off at your house type thing. Like they don't go that fast. So okay. I don't know. Okay. I don't know how it was back then. <laughs> but, but I would try to flag down a train. Yeah, me neither. But she goes trying to flag down this train for help. And of course she trips and her and the baby fall on the tracks and are killed by the train. In the meantime, the farmer dies in the fire. Oh, no. So the whole family's kind of yeah. wiped out. Um, shit. Uh, yeah, so I lost my page anyway. <laughs> so, um, so now it said that you can... <clears throat> I can't remember now if you can see the ghost of the farmer near the trestle, but you can hear the screams of the wife and the cries of the baby. Oh. And it does talk about how like any electronics are kind of fucked with batteries mm-hmm. drained, things like that. Um, yeah. Like I said, I lost my page. Okay. Wait, wait. That's I what wrote, you get for saying you didn't need the book. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote, I wrote the page down. I found it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there still wasn't that much to it. Um, yeah, people have reported car trouble if they park under the bridge, as well as problems with electrical or battery-operated items like cameras or recorders. Mm-hmm. Um, those who have been there guarantee it's one eerie place, and you shouldn't have, and you shouldn't have trouble being there as it's a public road, but not a well-traveled road. Okay. And it says it's located just a tad southwest of Adrian off M52. As you head south on M52, turn right on West Gear Road, and then turn left on Bailey Highway, and you'll see the trestle just a few feet down the road. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know how much there is to the actual legend. Right. Being it's all supposed. I mean, maybe those, maybe it was, I don't know. I just need to have my newspapers.com thing again and I could see if there was any news articles. They did newspapers back then, right? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they don't give any names. Okay. Like the, there's no name for the farmer, the wife, or even a gender for the baby. So, oh, wow. yeah. I'll have to see if I can find anything. Yes. Yeah, so I'm curious. Yeah, it's a sad one, but yeah. So that, that's, that's it. Those are our little stories. I feel bad for reading straight from the book, but I was very ill prepared. Yeah. <laughs> My own fault. It's been a long day. Yeah. Now you go take a nap. I'm going to take a nap. I might even eat a melatonin first just to make sure it's a good nap. Yeah. Well, you have a safe trip, a fun trip. That'd be great. Yes. Especially the beginning 80 degree weather. Yes. I'll make sure to take pictures for you. Thanks. By the pool, you know. All right. Well, have a safe trip. Thank you.
and um yeah we'll plan something good for next week yes we'll prepare yeah yeah definitely prepare i don't know maybe i can uh find some podcasts on the plane we'll we'll talk (laughs) all right well thank you for listening yes thank you bye bye